And now we take you to Evangel Church in Tallahassee, Florida, to another powerful, life-changing message. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Well, let's go to the Lord in, uh, in prayer as we begin to dive into his word. And let's ask you, let's prepare our hearts and invite him into this moment. Father, we love you so much. And God, we're so thankful for the freedom to be able to come today to worship you and to hear from you. Lord, we ask that you speak to us. And Lord, may we have the the ears to, to hear what it is that you're saying. May we have a heart that is eager to receive. And Father, may we have the courage to respond accordingly. In Jesus' name, amen. So today we are in week eight of our series called Spiritual DNA, but it is fruit number seven. We're going to be talking about the fruit of faithfulness and what uh, God wants to produce in our life. This series, Spiritual DNA, has been all about looking at the nine character traits that are found in Galatians chapter 5, 22 through 23, uh, that the Holy Spirit is wanting to produce in the lives of every believer. And so today, as I've said, we're going to take a look at the fruit of faithfulness. You know, I don't know if you remember back in uh, October of 1983, I was a little uh, young at that time. Um, So for me, memory wise, I can't really go back and picture anything about this event. But in October of 1983, there was a terrorist attack on uh, the Marine base um, that was in Beirut and 350 people that day died from the bombing on the Marine barracks. There were 220 of those Marines that were killed were killed right, right as they slept. For me, I was a little young, but for you, you might remember the images that were on the news in the newspaper of pictures of Marines that, that, that were exhausted as they began to dig out their their fellow uh, soldiers beneath the rubble. And, and one of the stories that kind of surfaced from that event that happened was a, a story about a soldier named Jeffrey Nashton. Jeffrey Nashton had gotten uh, severely, um, um, I guess, wounded from uh, the event, from the terrorist bombing. He was in the hospital in Frankfurt, Germany, and, and one of his commanding officers came and visited him. And one of the things that some of the soldiers had mentioned, had commented about Jeffrey is that, that he looked like more like a machine than a man because he had so many tubes that were going in and out of his body. And as this commanding officer walked up to Jeffrey, he noticed that he was kind of in, in a lot of pain, was kind of maneuvering, and, and, and he was trying to get to a piece of paper and a pen. And as they handed him the piece of paper and the pen... Jeffrey wrote these two words on the piece of paper. He wrote Semper Fi, the Latin motto, the Marines, meaning always faithful. You know, I'm always amazed by the commitment and the determination and the grit of our men and women who serve in the armed forces, that they, they have this, this commitment. They remain committed to their cause no matter what is happening. 
And it's that kind of commitment that the Apostle Paul is talking about when he begins to to pen these words in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 through 23. And when he comes to this word, faithfulness. You see, for the Apostle Paul, there was a whole lot of words that he could have pulled from his memory bank. There was a whole lot of words that he could have written down in this moment. But for some reason, he uses this specific word, faithfulness. The word that he uses in the Greek is this word pistis, is P-I-S-T-I-S. And this word meant to be persuaded to action. To be persuaded to action, it was, in Paul's mind, the word that he chose in this very moment was a word that, that, that referenced believing, but it was believing to the point of acting out on that belief. Many theologians, um, they, they use this word and they reference this word saying that it's, it's really more accurately described as, as a vow to a faithful relationship. And so when I think about this word faithfulness, it makes me think about the day, January 1st, 1999, when Andrew and I stood up on uh, a platform, a church platform in Deland, Florida, and we looked into one another's eyes and we said this, we said, from this day forward, for better or worse, for richer or poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish until death do us part. That vow for Andrea and I on January 1st, that, that it was a vow, it was a belief in a vow, but there wasn't faithfulness to that vow until our marriage was tested a little bit. Like how many know it's one thing to stand on a platform and, and to, to, to recite a vow to, to your spouse, but it's a whole other thing that when, when things start going a little difficult, when the goosebumps go away, right, when those little pet peeves that just every once in a while annoy you don't become little anymore, right, they're always on the forefront of your mind that it's when, when our marriage is tested that that is when as we remain committed through the testing, that we are faithful to the vow. And so when Paul is is writing these words, what he's trying to help us understand when he's using this word pistis is is that, that there's a difference between us just saying that we believe in God to it's another whole nother thing for us to believe and withstand the tests that come against us. He's trying to kind of draw this picture for us that there's, there's belief over here, but faithfulness is over here, that, that belief is something that we kind of naturally do, but faithfulness is something that's supernatural. Faithfulness is belief that endures difficulties in our lives. And so Paul's trying to, to help us understand that, that faithfulness to God for us, what, what the Holy Spirit is trying to produce inside of us is, is the kind of life, the kind of commitment that when, when, when our marriage goes south, that when, 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 when the house that we worked so hard to be able to, to purchase and to move into begins to, to, to be foreclosed on, when we lose our job, when we get this unexpected diagnosis with our health or 
someone close to us betrays us, that even in those difficult seasons in our life, that we continue to lean into God, that we continue to trust him and to trust his plan for our lives no matter what. Friend, that is what faithfulness is. This morning, if you're taking notes, or you're watching online and you're taking notes, I want to give you kind of my definition of faithfulness. That faithfulness is belief that withstands difficult seasons. Faithfulness is belief that withstands difficult seasons. You see, there's a big difference between us believing in something and us being faithful to the things that we believe in. Like it's one thing for us to to make a decision in our life, in our journey with the Lord, to raise our hand and, and to say, yes, we believe in Jesus, but it's a whole other thing for us that when, when everything comes against us, when, 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 when 2020 shows up, that we continue to lean into God and continue to trust God, to continue to know that he's got his best for us. That it's in seasons like that that faithfulness begins to be produced in our life. And, and what Paul is trying to help us see here is that faithfulness, as listed in Galatians, as we talked about in week one, that it's not something that we produce in our own life, that it's produced by the Holy Spirit. That it's produced as we remain connected to Jesus. That it is this supernatural characteristic that begins to rise up within us. That, that we're, when we're in our worst valley in our life, that we can, we can continue to hold on firm to our faith and trust in Jesus. That he's going to get us through no matter what. That kind of faith that everybody around you looks and wonders, like almost like, did they lose their mind, right? Because you remain committed to your relationship with the Lord and what you believe, no matter what you're walking through. And when I look at, at the scriptures and I look at the champions of, of faith throughout the scriptures, they're not people that were perfect in their life. They're not people that always got it right. They were people, what we read about in scripture, are people that despite their wrongdoings were people that said, I'm going to be faithful that, yeah, I might walk through difficult seasons in my life. I may make mistakes along the way, but even those mistakes, I'm not going to allow those things to pull me away from my relationship and my love for Jesus. And one of the people that, that amazes me, like amazes me in scripture that live this character uh, trait out in their own life is a guy named Job. Right, you may if you've grown up in church at all, you know you know all about Job. If you've never really grown up around church and you don't know the story, um, Job was very blessed, and then all of a sudden everything got taken away, and it was a test of Job's faithfulness to God. This morning, I want to look at um, a few chapters in Job. If you'll make your way to Job chapter one, and this is if you receive our digital. Worship guide. This is a little bit of a change of, of text that we're going to be looking at today. But in Job chapter 1, verse 1, here's what it says that there once was a man named Job who lived in the land of Uz. 
He was blameless. Look at the way that he's described. He was blameless, a man of complete integrity that he feared God, and he stayed away from evil. I mean, what an amazing statement about just who Job was, the reputation about the way that he lived his life, that that he was blameless, a man of complete integrity, that he loved God, that, that he resisted evil in his life. I mean, I can only imagine how pleased God was in the life that Job was living. But, but then you have Satan that kind of enters the picture. Satan, on the other hand, looks at Job and, and he makes this accusation that the only reason why Job comes across faithful in his life is because you've blessed him. It's because your hand is upon him, and, and Satan challenges God and says, if you were to take all that away, if, if, if all of that left his life, if he faced some difficulty in his life, Satan's like, I think Job's faith would collapse. And so we pick up in verse 8. It says, then the Lord asked Satan, have you noticed my servant Job? That he's the finest man in all the earth, that he is blameless, a, a man of complete integrity, that he fears God and stays away from evil. Verse 9, Satan replied to the Lord, yes, but Job has good reason to fear God, that you've always put a wall of protection around him and his home and his property, that you've made him prosper in everything that he does. Look how rich he is. But reach out. And take away everything that he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. See, what we're seeing here is really a real test of faithfulness. And so what did God do? He, he gives Satan the green light to bring some difficulty into Job's life. And Job begins to walk this journey out where, where his whole livelihood is taken away from him and his, his family is taken away from him and his, his health is taken away from him. And, and how does Job respond? Well, we see in verse 20 that Job stood up, that he tore off his robe in grief, and then he shaved his head and fell to the ground to worship. That he said, look at this statement, that I came naked from my mother's womb and I will be naked when I leave. And then he says, the Lord gave me what I had and the Lord has taken it away. He says, praise the name of the Lord. I think there's some perspective here that I think can help us as we begin to navigate our life and and allowing the Holy Spirit to produce faithfulness in our lives. And that perspective is, is that Job recognized that everything that he had belonged to the Lord. There wasn't any blessing that he had of his livelihood, of, of his wealth, of his, of his family, of his health. Like, like none of that stuff, Job never looked at that as his. He always looked at it as a blessing of the Lord. And if the Lord blesses me with it, and the Lord decides that he wants to take it away, his response is, is praise the name of the Lord. I mean, what a powerful testimony of the kind of belief that withstands difficult seasons. 
So you've got Job that's kind of looking at it from the perspective of everything that I have, God's blessed us or blessed me with. And so if he decides to take it away, I'm cool. God, I'm going to love you. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to follow you no matter what. And then you've got Job's wife. Job's wife, on the other hand, had a much different response. Look at her response in chapter 2 in verse 9 through 10 that it says that his wife said to him, are you still trying to maintain your integrity? She says, curse God and die. Now, I, I don't know about your life. I don't know about your journey. I don't know about what you've walked through. I know in my life, I've walked through, my life looks more like a roller coaster than any other ride at an amusement park. I mean, I've gone through some good times. I've gone through some bad times. And I know firsthand that when I go through bad times, the thing that I have to fight the most is the voices around me and the voices inside of me. Now, I don't want to come across like I'm all weird or anything, but what I'm saying is, is that sometimes when we go through dark and difficult seasons, the people that are in our inner circle, they can say some things, right? They can begin to cast doubt upon your relationship with the Lord. Well, if God really loved you, right, he wouldn't allow you to to have lost your job. If God really loved you, that he would have come through and, 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 and you would have been rescued in that relationship or with that house or, you know, and, and the list goes on and on. That if God really cared, if he really loved you, if, he, if, if this thing about following God was really re- real, then this would happen and that would happen. Or what about the inside voice? Right? Sometimes the inside voices are the most powerful voices that we've got to deal with. The voices of, of shame, the voices of, you know, maybe this happened to me because I wasn't good enough, or maybe this happened to me because of, of this mistake that I made 20 or 30 years ago. Like, like maybe the reason why I don't feel like God's favor is upon my life is because things that I've done in my past or, or who I look at myself to be today as I live my life. And, and I think that those voices, as we begin to navigate, uh, navigate those voices and to listen to those voices, they, they reveal a lot about who our lives are connected to. That as we talked about in week one, that that the way that we allow the Holy Spirit to produce these fruit in our life, it's not something that we do by, by hard effort. It's something as we remain connected to Jesus that he produces in our life. And so these voices, as we remain connected to Jesus and closer to Jesus, his Holy Spirit begins to filter out the voices in our lives that are not of him, the lies from the enemy that constantly are trying to steal, kill, and destroy God's purposes for our life. And, and here in this moment, we see Job's wife, and, and she has this really natural reaction to a disastrous circumstance. But it doesn't take long for Job to have this supernatural response that we see in verse 10. It says, but Job replied, you talk like a foolish woman. Now, I don't know what the translation of that would be today, but he's like, you talk like a foolish woman. Should we accept only good things? 
Look at this. Should we accept only good things from the hand of God and never anything bad? Again, what an amazing perspective. Like I think what Job is trying to to say to his wife in this moment is, is if we truly believe, like if we have faithfulness, a belief that endures during difficult seasons, then the perspective that we're going to have in this moment is, is not one where we only praise God, we only worship God when things are good, but even when things are bad, that we're going to praise God, that we're going to worship God. I mean, think about your journey. Think about some of those that have been close to you, those relationships, maybe even here in this church that you've, you've seen firsthand that, that they're fully engaged and they're here and they're in the front rows with their arms lifted when things are good, but when difficulty comes their way, when their feet get cut out from underneath them, that they tend to pull away from God, they, they tend to doubt God. And that's what Job is getting at in this moment, that how can, we just, how can we just praise God and receive from God when things are good and, and not continue to do that even when things are bad? And I think about, you know, this year that we're all, that we're all walking through with 2020, and I, and I think about how, like, every single pastor in every single church across America, probably got up on the platform the first Sunday in January and talked about how amazing 2020 is going to be in our lives as people and as a church. And then in March, all of a sudden, the brakes got pumped and everything changed. And all of us began to navigate through a pandemic that most of us have never been through before in our entire lives. And sometimes I take a step back and I wonder, like, like God, is this COVID-19 season that we're in, is this, is this a test for us? Is it a test for our faithfulness? That in the American church, that it's easy for us to get up and to go to church on a Sunday when things are good, but when things are difficult, like when we're risking losing our job. We don't know how we're going to be able to pay the bills. We were surrounded by just, just fear about the worst case scenario and what life could look like in the future. How have we responded as the body of Christ? Have we, have we pulled back from our relationship with the Lord, or have we seen the Holy Spirit in the midst of the most difficult seasons of many of our lives stirred this fruit of faithfulness where we've, we've said, no matter what happens, God, no matter whether you've blessed me with it or you choose to take it away, that I'm going to serve you, that I'm going to be committed to you, that I'm going to be faithful to you. Friend, it'd be so easy so easy for us in this season to just constantly be thinking about the negative, constantly thinking about the worst case scenario. But what if, what if instead of allowing this to pull us further away from the Lord, what if we leaned in and got connected even more to Jesus and looked at this as an opportunity, not a curse? 
looked at it as a chance for, for, for the Lord to reveal, give us new and fresh revelation about our own life to help us see a little bit clearer about, you know, maybe, maybe my heart wasn't where I thought that it was as we see how we've responded to this and, and give the Holy Spirit a chance to develop within us the things that maybe he's wanting to develop in 2020. Like maybe this is a test. And maybe the question for all of us, including myself, is is the belief that I have in God, is the belief that I have in his word, is it something that I just kind of read on a page and I casually just say, yeah, I believe, or is it something like a wedding vow that I'm committed to, that for rich or poor, for better or worse, for sickness and in health, like I'm committed, Jesus, that no matter what I face and no matter walk through, that, that I'm locked in, that I'm, I'm leaning into you, that I'm going to allow you to do the things that you want to do in my life, and I'm going to allow you to work through me to reach our community and our world. You see, we see this kind of, this kind of progression with Job and his wife as he begins to, to kind of live this out and as everything begins to be ripped away from him. And, and I think about what had to be going through his mind in that moment. Like, like many of us in 2020, Job, Job undoubtedly had to struggle with some doubts and some questions that he felt sorry for himself at times, that there were times that he was angry with God, that there was times that he challenged God to try to explain why, why are things happening the way that it's happening. He pleaded with God for, for mercy and for relief in the moment, that, that he had times that he, he demanded God to listen, and, and he had times, like you and I often do, where we're demanding God to respond, and it just feels like He's not listening. Just feels like God is distant, like he's, like he's just beyond our reach. Yet for Job, despite all that, he remained faithful. And we see Job summarize faithfulness in this one simple statement in Job 13, verse 15. He says, though he slays me, yet I will hope in him. In other words, no matter what you allow to happen to me, God, that my faith is in you. My faith is in the fact that you know what's best for me, that you'll never leave me nor forsake me, that I'm on this journey of becoming more like you and that you're going to use this in my life to maybe carve out some things to take some of the rough edges off so that my life better reflects your character. And then toward the end of Job's journey in Job 19, starting verse 25, he says this, he knows, he says, I know that my Redeemer lives. And that in the end that he will stand on the earth and And after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God, that I myself will see him with my own eyes, that I and not another. And he says this, how my heart 
yearns within me. I mean, what powerful words from a man who knows that God's going to bring good out of his suffering. And he goes on to say in Job 23, in verse 10, he says, but he knows where I'm going. He knows where I'm going. And when he tests me, look at this declaration for Job, I will come out as pure as gold. For I have stayed on God's path that I've followed his ways and not turned aside, that I've not departed from his commands, but have treasured his words more than daily food. You know, in these last few moments as I close, I want to I share with you a truth about faithfulness. You see, true faithfulness happens despite our understanding, not because of it. See, oftentimes for us that we lean so heavy on understanding why things happen the way they happen, that we don't realize that faithfulness doesn't happen in the midst of us understanding, that faithfulness happens despite our lack of understanding. Like for Job and his story and his journey, that Job didn't sit back and wait until he understood why things were happening the way they were happening before he was faithful. No, he leaned in and he was faithful despite not understanding. You see, our faithfulness is not about understanding, it's about trusting in God. That it's us resolving within our heart that God is for us and not against us. And that if we find ourselves walking through a difficult season in our life, that it's not because God is absent, but it's because God sees a blessing on the other side that you and I cannot see. We see this reality in Job's life in Job chapter 42. We see that, that his faithfulness was rewarded. And in Job's case, he was given twice as much as he had before. And in Job 42, verse 12, it says this, that so the Lord blessed Job in the second half of his life even more than in the beginning. And what an example of faithfulness. What an example of a belief that withstood a difficult season. A few weeks ago, I was at the grocery store and I was standing in the line waiting to be able to check out. And I had this, I had this just just thought this moment that kind of stunned me for a second and, and the realization was this is that as a 44 year old that there's a good chance it's not exact science but there's a good chance that I've lived more years 
there's more years behind me than are ahead of me. And I had this moment in the checkout line as I began to contemplate what am I going to do with the second half of my life? How can I live my life in such a way that the second half becomes more impactful than the first half? And friend, the answer to that is faithfulness. I don't know if you can think back in your life and people that you've been inspired by, but in my life, they've always been people that have been faithful. People that in the worst of situations in their life never lost hope in the promises of God. Never threw in the towel, never gave up. People that I would look at and I would, I would watch from a distance and I would say, man, if I could respond in that way when life was tough, that would be a desire of my heart. Friend, what I've discovered about faithfulness is that, yes, it's, it's a belief that withstands a difficult time, but it's also one of the strongest evangelistic tools in the lives of others. That as we live our life and as we are faithful to God, that God uses our life to make an impact in lives you bow your head with me close your eyes for just a moment father we thank you god that you have a plan that you have a purpose for our life we thank you god you haven't just created us and then wiped your hands clean of us but that father you are actively working to produce your character within our lives. Lord, I know today that there's probably some that are here, some that are watching online and they're just struggling to hold on. They're struggling through the difficulties and the seasons that they're in to, to just hold on. And God, I know that your challenge for all of us is to not just settle on just a casual belief, but to stay connected to you in such a way. But Father, our belief can withstand the storms of life. And so Father, I pray for those that, that struggle in this day. I pray, Father, that you would stir within their heart, that you would draw them back to you. God, as they remain connected to you, Lord, that they would begin to develop the hope and the confidence and the courage, Lord, to be faithful in the midst of difficulty. As every head's bowed and I closed, there's somebody that needs to hear this today. But in 2 Timothy 2.13, it says that even if we are unfaithful, that he remains faithful. If you're here today and maybe you're watching online and you've, 
you've either never surrendered your life to the Lord, you've never given your heart to him, or maybe you've, you've drifted away and you feel so distant and disconnected from the Lord. What he wants you to know today is that despite our unfaithfulness, he remains faithful. If that's you today, I want you to just repeat this prayer with me from the depth of your heart. Jesus, I need you. And I believe that you lived for me. And I believe that you died for me. And I believe that you rose again just for me. So come into my heart. Be the leader of my life. Lord, mold me into the person that you created me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If that's you this morning and you've accepted Christ as your Savior, we want to thank you so much for making the greatest decision of your life. At the end of the service, where our altar team will be up here, and we would love to pray with you. And if you're online and you accepted Christ today, please just reach out to us this week and reach out to our church office, and we'd love to connect with you. As we worship the Lord right now in our giving, this morning as Ryan and I were talking about uh, Job in this, uh, this message, I was reminded of 2008. When the market crashed and Ryan and I found ourselves without jobs for five months, unable to pay our mortgage. And unfortunately, even though we did receive jobs, we tried to work with a bank and they wouldn't work with us. Not only did they say we had to immediately pay the five months of back mortgage that we had missed, but also pay $20,000 in fines. For those five months, we had three small children and no income. And it was during them that time, and we, man, I think we filed our taxes earlier than we had ever filed them because we needed that tax refund. And when that tax refund came in, and there was no question we were going to pay our tithe. We could have said, oh, but Lord, we need this, or we need to, we've already really paid on it because we've paid it before. And but we paid our tithe. We saw the Lord bless us with jobs and and to move forward, but the one thing that we lost was our house. I praise God that five days before it went on the auctioning block, it sold. But because of the short sell of our house, we were unable to purchase a home for seven years. It was a devastating time in our life. We pay our bills on time. We were always very good and very frugal with our finances and what in the world was this you know I told you that at the beginning of the service that if you had told me in January of 2020 I would be here 11 months 12 months later I'd have told you you were crazy but in June and actually on the 12th of this year the Holy Spirit spoke to me in our room and said, you're going to Florida. And I knew it was Evangel. It was just a few days later that we got a call from Pastor Terrell and from Dennis Gray. And as God has orchestrated this, I realized that there was something that he had left to 
to bless me with. And that was a home. I'd given up praying for my own house and for the last 13 years we have spent Christmas in someone else's home and a home that we've paid rent for. But this Christmas, we will be in our home. The thing that we lost that was such an embarrassment that was so full of shame 12 years ago, 13 years ago, the Lord brought it back. Friends, I don't know what you're praying for, but be faithful. Be faithful in your worship. Be faithful in the word. And be faithful in your giving. And God will outbless you. That I promise. It'll be in his timing. And I promise it'll be in his way. He may take you by surprise. But he is faithful. As we worship the Lord in our giving this morning, no matter what you have put aside and you've stopped praying for, begin to pray for that thing again. Begin to have hope again that God has not forgotten it. And his blessings are on the way. Let's stand together this morning. You can give online. You can give in the black boxes on your way out the door. But I'm so thankful for a God that he sees us in our darkest hour and he does not forget and he remains faithful. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness that in job loss, Lord, and the loss of a home, that Lord, where we have planned with our with our retirement and it's taken away, that Lord, whether, whether you've given it or whether you've allowed it to be taken, Lord, we're going to praise you and we're going to thank you and we're going to stand on your word. Lord, I ask that over the next six weeks, the last of this of this um, year of 2020, that Lord, we would see through your eyes that your vision, Lord, would become ours. And that Lord, we would lean into the storms of our life and not pull away from you, but declare that you are faithful and you are able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we could ask or think. Lord, I thank you that this is the year that our children will be saved. I thank you that this is the year that our grandchildren will come to a saving knowledge of you, that our generations are blessed, not because of us, but because of you, because of your faithfulness, your favor and your blessing has been poured out on us, and we become receivers of that in Jesus' name, amen and amen. You guys have a blessed week. We will see you next Sunday. If you're here for the first time, we would love to meet you out at the guest tent. We pray right now that God uses this message to plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Evangel's all about making the name of Jesus famous and his church glorious. We love God, love people, and love life. And we're here for you, working to help draw people from impossible situations into a loving and friendly circle of hope where answers are found and acceptance is given. We invite you to join us for any of our services, Sunday mornings at 10.30 and Wednesday evenings at 7. We're located at 2300 Old Bainbridge Road in Tallahassee. We have fantastic programs for kids and youth and small groups to make deeper connections. And we pray that God blesses you richly and abundantly as you continue to seek Him first in all of your life.